Hello and welcome to a special, very special, actually, podcast of the Renegade Pop Culture Network. Um, this is sort of like a free-for-all discussion, but it's going in a in a very different direction than we normally take. Um, this is our first ever podcast um, about mental health and emotional well-being. Um, so just so you all know, um, we are going to be talking about different things and different topics than we normally handle. Um, and not from a pers- professional medical standpoint, but from the standpoint of we're all humans. We've all been through things. Um, we've all had experiences, especially now in this day and age, um, this weird era that we seem to be living through. And, um, what I, the reason why I wanted to do this and we all wanted to do this is because, we know that a lot of people are going through struggles and we know that we are going through our own struggles. Um, and we want this website to not only be a place where you can discuss the things that you love and your passions. Um, we want it to be a place where you can also just discuss life in general and just know that you're not alone and that things, no matter how bleak they are or that they seem, always lead to they always lead to a better outcome than we might think of at the time um i have been through that myself um and i know that everybody else has and so um i'm i'm going to go ahead and just give you a warning right now that we're going to be talking about some sensitive topics here um this is not our usual uh happy go lucky podcast um Although we hope to end on a positive note and we hope to to maybe, you know, bring in some entertainment and some passion and some uh, good good vibes to this. So, you know, because even though it's it's dark, there is a dawn coming up as cheesy as that sounds. Um, we know that darkness leads to light. So I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that. And uh, with me tonight are my usual co-hosts. So go ahead and introduce yourselves, guys. Hey, it's Josh. And Crystal. And Mike. I'm Jacob. All right, guys. Nice to have you with me. Thank you guys for coming on and co-hosting as well. And um, I know that this is going to be a difficult one, but I think that what we're doing here is, is something that is worthwhile and is something that I hope that people support. So... And I hope that people know that we are trying to support them as well in this process. So um, to start off, uh, today has been a difficult day in the film fan community because we um, unfortunately have have lost one of our own. Um, and it's, it's very sad. Um, uh, Josh, um, we want to offer this episode in dedication to him and his memory and to his family and friends as well. So Josh, go ahead and, and why don't you give us uh, an introduction to him? The way back, this is the best I can tell in my perspective. I want to say back in 2014, I was in this group called cinema discussions and I admit a plethora of people that I would come to know as friends. I believe Mike, you were one of them. Mm -hmm. And, um, there was always a lot of people that I remember from there and some that I still keep in contact with on a regular basis, some not so much. But there was one man that I remembered that stuck out the most, and his name was Eli Hayes. He was very passionate 
about film. He was so, so passionate. Everything that he talked about, it was always with this air of intelligence. He loved almost everything. And he he would do reviews on Letterboxd, and they were, honest to God, amazing, amazing write-ups of anything. He, just to put it in perspective, he did a review of Capone by Josh Trank not that long ago. And his review alone will make you want to watch it, just with how eloquently he puts it. And he would make these short films and even feature films, which surprised me. Just the fact that he he made these movies out of music that he would compose himself. And they would be these wild, kaleidoscopic, experimental shorts on the same level. It would be like if Terrence Malick and David Lynch had a baby. And that baby was influenced by Salvador Dali. And, you know, depending on whether or not you're into that kind of stuff, it didn't matter because he would take the, he would take whatever he was given and he could make art out of it. And I wrote about this on my personal Facebook, but it was like he turned everything that he could see into art. I sent him some stuff not that long ago just to, you know, he always asked for more footage and he took, things that i took of like recordings in the woods and he made it into something beautiful and he even went to Cannes. he went to Cannes film festival and i think he won some awards or i don't remember but the fact that he actually went to Cannes with his films and got screened there he lived the dream that a lot of us probably felt you know he was just a regular guy one of us making movies the way he wanted to, doing what he loved. And I found out today from a very close friend that, unfortunately, he is no longer with us. So it, it, it's a shame that he, he, he left so young. He was born in 1993. So that would make him... 27. 27. Yeah. And this episode is dedicated to Eli. He was really someone one of a kind. And in the vein of him, in the show notes, Kiona's going to attach his filmography on Vimeo. So that way, even though he may be gone, his art is going to live on. And by extension, he'll live forever. Yeah, um, I I did not know of him even uh, until today. Unfortunately, um, I w- I was not aware of of his work. Um, but I I looked up his letterbox uh, his letterboxed reviews and also watched um, one of his films on YouTube. And um, he had a remarkable eye and he had a remarkable wit, and he knew how to write, man. Uh, I wish I was as good as, as, as he was. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he was a special guy. I can tell even just, just from reading his writing, he was a good, great guy. So, um, yeah. So Josh, I'm, I'm glad that you got to work with him and I'm glad that you knew of him. I mean, in a way you kind of worked with him 
So yeah, just the fact that he took some of your recordings and things like that. So, okay, Jacob. Um, yeah, I didn't know Eli personally, like you, Kiona. I didn't really hear of him before all of this. And yeah, just even the fact of how young he was, that alone is a terrible shame. But then I looked up his IMDb and his letterboxed reviews, and he really did have a way with words. He had, he had a special gift, and I do think that, in a way, I think he really was a part of this community. Just how much sadness is spreading across the the film fan community on social media it 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 is it's terribly tragic and it's a hole in it that's not that he's left that's not going to be filled easily and, and i just wish his friends and family all the best and and it is, he was like an unofficial member of renegade pop culture from what I've heard. Yeah, Mike. Um, so I was never super close with Eli, but, um, um, but when I, when I kind of joined the film fan community about, about the same time as, as Josh did around 2014, um, whatever, whatever interactions I did have with, with him, um, were usually positive. Um, and like you guys have said already reading, reading his reviews on letterbox, like you just, you, you can just feel the passion even in, in something like Capone, which I haven't seen yet, but reading that review made, made me want to watch that like immediately. Um, but yeah, seeing, seeing like the outpouring of, of, uh, support, um, throughout, like throughout all the social media, um, it's, it, it's unfortunate that we lost such a, like such a powerful voice in our community, but it, it's nice that at the same time, he's, he's kind of bringing us all together. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, in a way, it's it's people are going to gather around his memory, and that's going to bring us together. And that's really, you know, like that is Eli's legacy. So it's very nice. In a way, it's very nice. Um, you know, I, I don't mean that he passed away is very nice. It's not obviously, but yeah, just the yeah the the what he left behind. His legacy is is a great one. And the, the best thing about him was he wasn't pretentious. He never he never made it seem like he was making higher art. He never punched down to anybody. Really. He just he saw film as film. He saw everybody as kind and loving. And I feel like in especially those circles. I've been around for so long on that in that circle of, of people. And sometimes it can get really, I want to say gatekeepy of, Mm -hmm. of, of film in general and entertainment as a whole. And 
it can almost kind of bring you down in the sense of you kind of wonder if whether or not you even enjoy what you enjoy because of your intelligence or what you're able to handle. You know, Eli is a man that could enjoy something like Batman versus Superman and Salo in the 120 days of Sodom. Like he could see everything as worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And he would have fit right in with us, I think. <laughs> he, he was really something special. And his overwhelming positivity, his support for everybody was really something I hope people remember and carry with them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, guys. So, so this one's for you, Eli, wherever you are, my friend. Um, yeah. All right. And so now, uh, what we want to do with this show is we want to talk about how we've been dealing with, uh, the quarantine basically. And this crazy, you know, time, time frame that we seem to be living through, um, the, the sort of apocalypse, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, um, you know, just like, we want to talk about the things that have helped us get through it. And we want to talk about like, maybe, you know, what has in the past helped us, helped us deal with, um, the tragedies of life that occur and, you know, the, the instances where you feel like something, something is happening where you can't control it. And, you know, it just sort of like, it, it brings you down. Um, uh, I know that we have all gone through this, so, um, I don't know if anybody else wants to start besides me. <laughs> you have the floor, Captain. <laughs> all right. So, uh, um, so for me, well, I guess the thing that always got me through even darker times before this whole virus thing happened um, the thing that I had gone through was more of an emotional and mental sort of thing where I sort of felt like I lost myself. I don't know if that makes sense, but, um, the, the thing, the thing that I most wanted in my life at the time was a connection in a way a love connection, if you want to be cheesy about it. Um, as the Tangled song says, um, it just was something that, that I wanted some years back and I had never had before. And to want that is, you know, when it's not available is something that can make you question things. Um, so anyway, long story short, um, basically, I, I felt like everything that I had believed up until that point had let me down. Um, that that includes my religious faith. That includes my belief in myself. That includes my almost non-existent self-esteem. Um, so, and that includes the 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 sort of, you know. I didn't have many friends. I've never had many friends, like in-person kind of friends uh, throughout my life, especially up to that point. And I felt like I was lying to people if they became my friend. 
um, I felt like I was deceiving them and that I deserved to be kicked to the curb because I wasn't being truthful. Um, so to have that happen where you kind of like lose your sense of self, your sense of individuality and your sense of what's right with the world, it's a difficult thing to deal with. Um, because you know, you, you feel like you're, you're nothing. Um, luckily, you know, I, I had, I had, this was at the time when I had been on Facebook for, for a, quite a while at that point. So I had known a bunch of people, especially through like the Buffyverse websites and like, you know, like Josh, that's how I met you. Um, Mike, I had met you through the, the film fan community on Facebook and Jacob, I just met you recently through this yeah. website, actually. So I'm glad. Um, and the group. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but, you know, and at the time, um, you know, I, I didn't have many real life friends, no one that I could confide in. So I basically ended up confiding in uh, a lot of my online friends. And um, uh, basically, some of them have grown to be just really awesome. Like I would, I would call them my Hanai siblings. That's a Hawaiian word for adoptive siblings like Josh. Um, you're, mm -hmm. you're like my bro, man. Seriously. You helped me out so much during that time. And, uh, and, and Kirsten who is not here with us on this podcast, but she, she will be in the future and we'll do another Buffy verse episode too. Um, but she and I also really connected at that point. And, just to feel that connection, even though it wasn't a, a romantic thing, it was a, you know, it was a friendship that I needed and I needed to rebuild because I felt like everything that I had been in the past was crushed. Um, everything that I had been before was gone and I needed to find out who I was. And it was through the actions of, of, you know, Josh and Kirsten and later on my, my Starbucks friends. And of course my blockbuster friends that I'd worked with for years, you know, up until that point. Um, uh, yeah, you know, like, like those were my in-person friends and I lived in Hawaii at the time and everybody else was like in, you know, Florida and Texas and what have you. And so, you know, my online friends were there. Um, and eventually, uh, the people that I worked with at Starbucks, you know, became very, very close um, to me. So you find those those friendships and those connections in places that you didn't know you would find them. Um, and for me, I thought I was very much alone. I thought I was um, just like nothing. And these people told me that I was something and I was someone and that, you know, basically to stop hating myself. And, um, I'm still working on that because I have moments where I wake up in the morning and I just don't want to see my own face in the mirror. But, um, I think, you know, being a part of this community, being a part of the online gaming community, uh, you know, like video games and, you know, just like, meeting people with common interests like comic books and, and, you know, and music and movies and TV and all that stuff. I mean, 
a lot of my friends that I don't know from work are from the, the Buffy groups and that show will always hold a place in my heart for that reason. Um, but yeah, so that's pretty much it. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll get to the quarantine stuff later, but I guess we can start out with like, you know, if anybody wants to share like a previous experience before this whole thing happened, um, if you guys want to, you can talk about it or just something that's maybe not as related to the quarantine. Um, and then when we get into that, we'll talk about pop culture stuff and what have you. So, all right, Jacob. Um, one trait of me that some of you guys may not have is that I am on the autism spectrum, specifically Asperger's. Mm-hmm. And that does play a big part in making you feel out of place. And you know, how you behave, like the routines you go through and you know, the, the stuff that you did that other people would just look at you like that, that you're some weirdo. And, you know, when I grew up, I was constantly comparing myself to the other kids because what I did as a kid was weird. I always felt like I didn't belong in a way. And, yeah, and eventually I I went to college at Ferris State University and there were, t- you know, I did develop a, cer- a certain sense of anxiety. Um, it's in a college when you have something like that, when you have an idea of how things should be carried out and so when you have a certain mental guide and you're in college in a place that demands that you acted in a certain way to get by, to get decent grades. And it it was daunting, needless to say. It was very daunting. I There are many times that I broke down, that I just felt like throwing in the towel. I... I forgot about all the people who loved me, all my friends from school who like it surprised me to realize how how much people really loved me as as a person. They thought I was so cool because of how passionate I was because I spoke my mind a lot of times and they actually admired that. And you know, it's it's always reassuring to know that no matter how different you may feel, there are always those who love you exactly how you are and who wouldn't change anything of you. And that that does, in a way, it's what keeps me going. And also, when, you know, there are expectations of, you know, what you want, what your goals are in life, why you're there. Like, you're there in college to get a degree and to get a really good well-paying job and I just didn't take off even when I graduated I didn't take off in a way that I was hoping that I would and then there was um one time when I was actually considering just giving it all up you know it was it was a dark day it was a very that I thought I was going nowhere in life and and then, then I got a call from an electrical company right by, and 
in my hometown saying that I I had I did an interview there for an internship during the summer and I got the call from them saying that they want to go forward with me and that was what saved me basically. So it's it's like how you say Keona like like when you're when you feel like you're against a brick wall, you're really not. You know, like it's things will always turn out good. You know, for for every dark cloud pardon the cliche, but there's always a silver lining and Mm-hmm. It, it, it's it's when the darkest that the the light shines brightest and you know like your your outcome as as long as you never give up you know even, no matter how tempting it is you you just pull through you know just mm-hmm. they're always there who will who will miss you when you those if you're not around so yeah yeah i th- i think that that basically, you know, what it is, is that you didn't give up. You, you just, you held on. And, exactly. uh, and I think that that takes a lot of strength, man. That takes a lot of fortitude and that takes a lot of like, you know, you're being open to whatever life would bring you. And that's a very good thing. Yeah. Um, very admirable thing. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Exactly. Um, and also, um, and you are loved, my friend. Thank you. You are loved. Thank you. And also, I just want to say that in another time when I felt like I was going to go nowhere in life, I suddenly find that my friend Mike and this awesome dude named Kiona found founded a <laughs> website called Renegade Pop. But you've Park. heard our lies. <laughs> I am not. Okay, <laughs> I'm kidding. I, I'm kidding. I, I know. Um, so I found, and I'm like, wow, I, this, this sounds appealing. I want to be a part of this movement. And yeah. And needless to say, I hopped on board. I did a couple reviews and did some, some podcasts, my first true podcasts that I, I, I did do one in college. That was, that was a one-off thing. Um, um, but yeah, I, like, like I said, you know, there's, there's always something, there's like like the kindness i i did really benefit from uh my friend mike i was i was good friends with mike who was a fellow lover of movies and entertainment and such we met in a couple of groups like mr code and friends and cartoon research and all that and yeah you know friendship friendship pays off you know friendship love just relationships they they pay off, you know, as, and yeah, I always found different ventures too. Like when I did a, a, a movie review, um, column for my local newspaper and, um, so yeah, you know, just, just keep pushing through and it'll always, it'll always end up in a better place than you were. It, it sounds like a cliche. It really does. You know, when people say that, or it sounds like just something that, that you would say to somebody, but it's really true. It really is because, um, it pays off to keep going even when it's really, really feeling hopeless and dire. It, it pays off because you aren't ever really alone. And if you just reach out and if people reach out to you, then you'll find that connection that you're looking for. Like even I did. And I didn't know that 
it was what I was looking for. Um, so, you know, something to keep in mind when you're in that dark place. Um, does anybody else want to share something? Mike? Um, yeah, I guess I'd, I guess I'd better say a few things, um, <laughs> to get this no off pressure, my chest. Mike, no, no, no pressure, no pressure. Um, so some some of my friends may already know some of this, but um, for for those that don't, um, pretty pretty much throughout my life, I've I've always felt like I've had this, you know, this chip on my shoulder, which is kind of where my a lot of my anxiety and depression kind of stems from. Um, something I don't think a lot of people know is that. Um, for the first couple years um, of my life, I was I was born with a um, I, I was born partly kind of deaf. I was um, I I had surgery when I was like two to get to get fluids out of my ear, and that's it. It always kind of felt like that was something that held like held me back development wise. Um, like throughout elementary and, and, uh, junior high, I was, um, like I, like I had, um, kind of the special treatment at, at school. Like I was given, um, extended time on tests. Um, I had a teacher's aide for a few years. Um, but that, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of led to my sort of, anti like antisocial lifestyle um like even even though even though i've had like i've ha- i've had my um like i've i've had friends like um like lo- local friends um you know throughout throughout all my years at school but um to be honest, it, w- it wasn't until recently, um, once I started getting more into like the online communities, that I I really found um, kind of a second a second family that um, that I, that I really fell in with. Like for example, you guys, um, Kiona, uh, Josh, um, and Jacob. Um, you know, like, uh, it, it was, it was around the year 2014. Once I fell into the, uh, like the Facebook film community, that was, that was honestly one of the first times that I really felt like I belonged somewhere. Um, but, uh, it's, not it's not easy to bring to bring this up now, but I, I'm I'm glad we have this this outlet. Um, you know that we can that we can kind of help help people understand that what, whatever they're whatever they're going through, whatever they're struggling with, you don't have to do it alone. Of course, I, I tell you, 
me from 2016 would have been elated to hear you refer to me as as family in that sense it it's so weird but it's like in in my stratosphere you're you're kind of like if i were to equate it mike you, you were like one of the popular kids in school It, it, it's it's funny how it comes it comes across that way um like um like how my social media persona al- almost could not be more different than um than like my real life persona and that's and that's kind of by that's kind of by design i i would rather i would rather be a beacon of positivity than someone who's you know less cheery if that makes it if that makes any sense yeah um and it's and it's not it's not necessarily that i'm that i'm lying to anyone it's just um i i i just prefer to i i just kind of prefer to to lean into the things that i'm passionate about like um you know like film music um animation that's that's how i ended up in um the cartoon research group and uh and mr coates uh group and that's where jacob and i met and we we've we've been friends for a few years now and have had yeah. plenty of plenty of great discussions over over the years oh. Facebook is also I should mention it's also where I met Cameron we we would always talk about the latest G kids release and you know we, we also had a drive for anim- we had a passion for animation to like discussing animation especially independent animated flicks and I'm always amazed by how much you guys know about animation. Like it, it just it boggles my mind because I'm like, wow, I didn't even realize it went this deep, you know? Like half the time I'm listening to you guys talk about it, you guys speak with so much authority on it, and I'm just like, oh man, I just know what I like, and it's mostly superhero related. Yeah, well, um, <laughs> just just so you know, Ken, if you think uh, we know our stuff now, just wait until we do that. G Kids one. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be so much fun, man. That's going to be a blast. Yeah, you're I, gonna yeah, get I am really looking forward to that one. Yeah, you guys yeah. are going to get a crash course. <laughs> we'll name it Crash Course G-Kids. <laughs> G-Kids are crashing down. Oh, wait, that sounds very negative. Sorry. Okay. Sounds very violent. Um, sounds very violent. My gosh, all the kids running out of the G-plane coming at you. <laughs> Firing like... like condiments at you like the condiment king <laughs> all right so uh okay uh josh and crystal do you guys want to talk about anything um not quarantine related let's say i'll go ahead and i'll i'll, I'll say my piece first um okay i'll get a little personal um i, I know what to hold back but i my life has always been a little bit 
kind of kind of bizarro. Um, I'll, I'll I'll share this little personal bit of a, a me to the interwebs and to you guys. Um, I think Kiona, you know, I'm I'm almost positive you know, but um, I'm actually adopted, and um, I didn't I didn't find out until. I was in third grade, which was a hell of a time for parents to drop it on you. I came back feeling really excited that I got a hundred on the math tax test, which was the Texas standardized testing at the time. I was like, Hey, I got a hundred. And they're like, Josh, sit down. <laughs> and, um, it really, really changed some things in my life, but it kind of started this thing where I felt a little bit of an outsider everywhere. I never really talk about this a lot, not even with you, Kiona, and I don't even think with Crystal on occasion, but um, it always brought out this small feeling of I don't really belong. And it kind of got worse in middle school because my parents thought my mar- my mom in particular thought that middle school was like the worst most dangerous time for a child because that's when the hormones are crazier than usual like even in high school more or less it's kind of in check but in those weird middle years of like 13 to 14 13 to 15 you're, you're, everything's going haywire so she my parents insisted that I didn't go to a regular public school, but I went to online school. And I, I used to be a very extroverted kind of guy. My elementary school teachers used to compare me to Jim Carrey. <laughs> and um flattering. That's, that's actually that's, <laughs> that's that actually the, cool. I take that for the compliment that it is, because Jim Carrey is still the best. But that is yes. my personal opinion. Was that like mask era, Jim Carrey? It was mask era, like all the way up until um, Yes Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was like peak Jim Carrey, man. I took that with confidence and spending sixth through eighth grade in my folks house with um, only Xbox Live to carry me through. It was very weird i just i felt everything that i knew like to socialize just kind of strip away and i felt it the most when i would go visit friends of mine that i knew from elementary school i would go to their birthday parties and it would always be awkward because i would only know them and i would kind of have to learn how to sink or swim with that social pool and by the time high school came, I mean, I only had a, an elementary schooler's way of socializing. And I was an idiot in those times. Kiona, you, you, I knew you very well, especially my freshman year. It was, it, it was goddamn brutal is what it was. Yeah, man. I mean, you and I just had become friends at that point, I think. Um, and you know, like I said, we met through the, the Buffy groups or, or whatever it was. 
I think it was like when they had like Whedon Day or something it, like on one of the one of the Facebook like a, groups. It was like a Whedon celebration, and I His remember birthday or something. They used to do like Facebook events for that. I remember on one of those events because I think Much Ado About Nothing was coming out, and you at the time you had an Amy Acker profile picture, <laughs> and I I, compared, I was obsessed. I compared a, a, a Whedon to like Robert Zemeckis. I think in James Cameron, which I still hold true those comparisons. And it just, I was, it was weird because I was just getting into Buffy because I had missed it. Like the first time around, it was, it was like, nope, it was persona non grata in my house. You you didn't watch Buffy or Angel or anything, you know? So, so like, yeah, so I had just gotten into it and I was like, you know, just looking for people that shared my obsession with Buffy. And then I was like, all like fawning over Amy Acker and stuff who I have met by the way, who is a very cool person. And she actually talked to me quite a lot and I was very happy to meet her because that's my celebrity crush of all time. Bastard. I know, man. She's like super sweet and everything. Okay. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. Well, in high school, especially around that time, I had a, I had a good group of friends online through PlayStation, through Xbox live. And then they moved on to PlayStation plus, and I hadn't, I didn't have those consoles and it was again, the start of kind of feeling like an outsider. And in school, I started making some friends here and there. And a lot of them, I still talk to, to this day here. I know them here in my hometown, but I'll get to the quarantine stuff later. But even then I still didn't feel fully myself yet. And it wasn't until those film fan groups that I felt like I met some really like-minded people. Like I met people that were just like me people like Mike, people like, um, I'll, I'll throw some names out there. See if people, if you know him, you know, him. people like uh, David Barufi, um, Jackson Schroit, um, all these people that I, came to know when we would get into like these group chats and it was amazing. And even at the time I got into a relationship on there and it felt like I had a place, but even then eventually it just all started to crumble. And I, I started to feel like a black sheep in that community Like I I had some people that would care about me, but it was like, I don't know if it was just feeling selfish or whatever, but being by yourself for so long, you just kind of worry that you're going to end up being a burden on others, I guess. And especially when most of my friendships were based through a computer screen, it, it, it can really do something to you. You, you know, just in the sense of you start to question yourself more than your emotions. Because in my heart, I knew, I know, Kiona, you're, you're my brother, too. Mm-hmm. And Thanks, man. all of you guys, Jacob, Mike, you guys hold a special place in my heart. Thank you. But when it, when it came to this point, and I'll admit, sometimes I still get to that point sometimes, it, it just... You start to wonder if you if if this is happening because you you love these people or if it's because you worry that 
you can't make any other connections. Mm. And there are times I know I probably pushed a lot of people away because I worried about that. And I, I met Crystal, and Crystal really helped me through a lot of stuff. And especially with my passions as wanting to be a filmmaker, it just it always pissed off my folks because to me, saying I wanted to make movies, I wanted to be Quentin Tarantino, was the same way as saying I want to be a rock star. So it was like, you're setting yourself up for failure. You need to go to college, get a real job, get a real degree and all that. And I just, I was, I can't, I, I never believed in that stuff. I believed if you could do it, you could. And case in point, I didn't end up lasting long in college. And that certainly got to my folks. And when I was in a film production company here in town. I started to feel myself again, feeling like the outsider just because I I think it's just a defense thing, but I felt like I didn't belong with them because I didn't share the same views as they did when it came to art and creation and film and writing screenplays and Doing all this stuff was a huge escape for me. It was like the one time I knew I belonged just because, I don't know, maybe it's a power thing, just being able to create a whole universe and you determine when it ends. And I think that's why I take a long time when it comes to writing. And I just, I quit though, I quit that production company. And this past year was probably the worst year of my life. I had to take care of my mom. She dislocated her ankle, or fractured her ankle, rather. I had to take two jobs to support the family. And I quit one because working two jobs was torture. And I quit the other because my life was in danger multiple times. I got a really nice job at a movie theater, but it paid terribly and it just wasn't sustainable. And while I was making my biggest, um, this, the biggest thing of my life in a film, um, terrible things happened in this town, which just bled me. It, it, it felt like I, 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 it felt like I felt my town crying and I wanted to go pay my respects, but, um, the, due to things beyond my control, I ended up getting kicked out. And I've been living with Crystal ever since, and I still had to do the movie that I was doing. And oh, a part of all of this, on top of all of this, I have my biological siblings that I, first discovered and met back in 2016 i they're literally right across the border from me and on a daily basis i wish i could just walk over to them and just be with them and it always feels like they're a world apart from me even though 
we talk to each other again it's through the computer and it just it always sucks because when i found out they existed it felt like there was a part inside me that started to grow back but it's never fully healed they're just just out of reach Hmm. I understand. Yeah. Um, a couple of things I wanted to, to mention to you, Josh, is that um, being someone who has seen your work from its beginnings all the way up until now, including your work on your YouTube channel, I got to say, man, like you're going to rule the world someday, dude. <laughs> Seriously. You're going to be too big for this. I'm going to have to like, we're going to have to like organize a schedule and I'm going to have to like talk to your assistant and I'm going to have to be like, be like, Hey, bring him back on RPC or something, you know, just for like an interview. And you're, you're going to be like, I ain't got time for you people. Yeah. This um, town ain't yeah. big enough for the two of us. You're going to be the next Spielberg. Yeah, man. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. It's all it's, it's happening already right in front of us. And when you made that Avengers video that just blew up and you chose the scene, that I would have chose, I would have chosen, which is the scene with Ultron and Vision. And you made that like, you know, that that one MCU scene thing that they were doing. Yeah, one marvelous um, scene. One marvelous scene. And then you like that video blew up. And it just hit so many, like how many views has it gotten? <laughs> it's like at 900K. And the funny that thing is ridiculous the funny thing is it was it was basically my catharsis for it it was just me just unloading everything that i felt through that production company through all the struggles that i was feeling just doing art just emotions in general with family with friends everything it was just all poured into that video and I, i don't know if you can tell if you watch it again but you can kind of hear me just kind of get really emotional with it. Yeah. I mean, you you chose that scene, and I think it was Nando V Movies who chose the uh, the the scene where they had the after party in Age of Ultron. Yeah. Which, by the way, my my appreciation for that movie has gone up a lot in in the years in the ensuing years since it came out. Um, but like that scene with Vision and Ultron, to me, that the first time I saw it spoke to me in such a way that it was just like amazing, you know? Um, and I'm glad that people saw that and recognized it. And, uh, and I'm glad that you got so much, um, so many people to click on that video. I'm so happy that they did. And I'm so happy that they were all introduced to you and they were all saying such nice things in the comments about you, about your work. Um, that was, that was very cool. And I was like, this is the best of social media right here. So, Jacob wanted to say something. Okay, I just want to say I saw a comment on a clip of that Vision and Ultron scene. They compared to a conversation between God and Satan. Yeah, discussing humanity, and I, 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 I especially think that's true. Of like, if you switch the voices, I think Ultron would sound like God, and Vision would sound more like Satan, mostly because of the British accent. <laughs> Because Paul can imagine a great British accent. accent. <laughs> no offense to our British listeners. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um, well, you know, look, look at Lucifer. Yeah, look at that guy. But um, <laughs> um, 
yeah, yeah, that that really is awesome that your video caught fire like that, um, Josh. And after hearing all that, you know, I I thought I had it bad. You know, I it's, it's stories like yours that really remind me to uh, appreciate what my what I have. And it's it's like you said, you know, friendships they pay off. You know, the love you give, the the, the love you take is equal to the love you make, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, Mike, did you want to jump in? Um, just just to echo what what Jacob said. Um, hear, hearing Josh's story, kind of, um, it it puts it puts a lot of kind of my own struggles in, into perspective. That like no matter no matter how hard, no matter how hard like any one of us has it, um, like, um. Like no matter how hard any any one of us has it, like um, there's there's always someone that you can that you can reach out to, be it um, mm-hmm. a Buffy fan group or yeah, um, or our our website. Um, so if if this if this podcast reaches reaches anyone, um, then then we've done our job as, as for your, um, for your vision and Ultron scene. Um, one, that's, that's probably one of the best scenes in, um, age of Ultron. Um, mm-hmm. and two for, uh, for, for that to like kind of open, open the door for your, for whatever successes you have in the future. I think that's just pretty, that's just amazing. It it really just kind of felt nice to cut my own little corner, but it feels weird that even with all the success, I can't help but still worry about the downsides of it. Just just in that making videos like that, it's a full time thing. Just you got to constantly like, all right, you have this audience now. You got to work on the next thing fast, and I didn't. I took almost a year to do the next few videos and they they've been doing good uh, i think the first part of creative burnout hit a thousand views a few weeks ago and i was happy about that but you, you know it, it still feels like i should have done it earlier and i couldn't because of my personal responsibilities and e- even with the the reaching out to other people it, in in that time, like I mentioned before, I, I was in a relationship with someone in those film groups. She was very popular, and after things fell apart, um, it it felt like I had. I'm not trying to. I'm not. I'm not trying to drag. I'm not trying to drag her, rake her through the coals or anything. Just it just felt the equivalent of like a guy dating the popular kid in school. And the second they broke up, they became the black sheep of the school. Like everybody was just like, Oh, don't talk to them. They, 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 things went bad for them. And a lot of that family that had happened before, it just fell apart. And I just think back to those times when 
I wanted to talk to so many people, but so many of them knew her. And it was like, I didn't want to force anybody to take sides because that was probably what it was going to sound like. And I lost so many friends through that. And so many people that I knew who were friends with her, like they, 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 it, it showed a lot of true colors on their side. I'm not trying to be narcissistic. I swear to God, I'm not. Um, but some of them turned out to be really bad eggs in a basket, and they just kind of they. they it, it was probably the biggest instance I ever felt of like that kind of online bullying seeing what they thought of me in a in a group chat at some point that just kind of hmm. it, it kind of solidified a, a, a fear that I had of getting reaching out to anybody on Facebook and there, there, there's, there's a friend of mine that I know could be listening at some point and uh, in truth it's why I'm in another group chat on Twitter and I feel really afraid to like talk to them and be more active on there because I, I always feel worried that like at some point it's going to devolve into something like that. Well, I think that, uh, first of all, I don't think you did anything wrong. Cause I, I knew of, I know of what you're talking about and I don't think that you did anything wrong there. Um, and secondly, those people were basically, they were like, acquaintances of convenience because the sphere was around the other person and not around you, the sphere of influence. So I would say that for you and to come as far as you have now with the relationships that you have made and friendships and, and whatnot in your, in your life that you have made, I think it's a testament to you and your work ethic and the fact that you didn't give up same, same, process there you didn't give up when the times were dark and how many of them have a video on youtube that reached nine hundred thousand views <laughs> exactly oh. yeah so you know man my my final fantasy 7 article reached like 42 views i'm happy with that yeah <laughs> i'm like yay <laughs> that was one You're of the best things you've ever written <laughs> uh, well thanks guys i mean you know it was it it you know that was, i'm gonna talk more about that later when we get to the quarantine section but um okay so crystal did you want to add anything yeah um i'm not i've always had a big problem with bottling up emotions and things like that so i know i need to do this i need to let everything out so I'm just going to be as blunt as possible so I don't second guess myself. My heart is pounding right now. Okay. Well, just take a break if you need to. <laughs> no, and, I'm, you know, I'm good. You're, you're good. By the way, you're taking care of my boy over there. So, you know, you're, you are family to me as well. Aw, thank you. But my childhood wasn't that much of a childhood. My, um, there was a lot of abuse, substance abuse, uh, a lot of bad mistakes, suicide attempts. It was a very 
harsh environment for a growing girl. And there were a lot of times where I would have to step up to the plate and become the adult. And I had to grow up really fast for that. And because I grew up so fast, I got in with a lot of bad crowds. And uh, I ended up getting burned because of it. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. There were, there was a person that I trusted. And, well, yeah, I, I, I got, they kind of hurt me. And it took me a, a long, long time to realize the reality of what they had done to me, how they had taken advantage of me. And it wasn't until recently that I accepted what had happened to me. And it didn't help that around that time, someone in my life, their mental state was in a, in a sharp decline. And because of that decline, they began, began to abuse me. I, I dealt with a lot of mental, emotional, spiritual, and unfortunately physical abuse from them. There were a lot of times where I I got really close to the edge, but thanks to Josh, I, I, I never went over. But the good thing is now is that, you know, I'm, I'm out of that environment. I'm, I'm graduating high school now and, you know, I, I still deal with it to this day. I'm, I'm luckily I'm seeing a therapist right now. She's wonderful, but um, I have been diagnosed with things like PTSD from what I went through. And uh, Josh can attest to this. I, I have nightmares quite a lot. But I, I'm learning to cope, to cope with it. There's a, a lot of times where I just, it's impossible to avoid the memories. Just the slightest smell can set me off. Just this, this, the sound of people's voices, if it even reminds me slightly of a person that hurt me, it, it, it scares me. And it, it's, it's hard. It's hard to, to live like this without being able to control even what your mind thinks. But I guess the only way that I've, that I've ever been able to have that sense of control was to, was to control my grades in school. So I, I always worked really hard to keep my grades up. And it's paid off. It, it, it has, but it, it kept me from, from having friends. It kept me from having that outlet, so it, it just kind of hurt me even more. But then I went to to high school my freshman year. First day I, I walked, walked into my fourth period class and I met Josh. And he introduced me to all of his friends and they welcomed me with open arms. 
and they've defended me, helped me, and guided me through this very these very hard few years. And I have I have them to thank for it. And that's just what I want to say that no matter what you go through, what pain you feel, there will always be someone to help you, even if you haven't met them yet. Crystal, I want to thank you for sharing that with us. And um, uh, you're, you have me in tears. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, no. no, it's okay. I was close um, to I love you, Crystal. I, I love you as a oh, as a oh you're gonna make me cry now <laughs> and um and i love josh and i love mike and i love jacob i love you guys you know and everybody in this community i mean i feel like this is we're a small community but we're very tight-knit and mm-hmm. no matter what happens in the community even if you know e- even if you disagree with with me or with anybody on the team what have you you know in our opinions and stuff i feel like we've all been doing a very good job of keeping it respectful and we know that it's out of love you know it's it's out of love for the things that we that that we're passionate about that's where it comes from uh and um that's the thing that i wanted to do with renegade pop culture you know i mean like i know the term renegade sounds a little bit you know like like bad guy ish but it's really not because to me the way that i look at it is we're taking the term renegade and we're being renegades about it because we're basically saying that that it's it's like we're not going to be a part of the negative aspects of social media or or you know media criticism or things like that you know we want to be on the positive side and we want to help people and that's where the renegade and renegade pop culture comes from in case anybody was wondering mm. positivity's um, dying cloud <laughs> <laughs> it's true it's true um but you know yeah crystal i just want to say that that was super courageous of you and thank you for sharing that and um you know you are a very special person to us and to this community and you know, I just want you to know that you are loved. Um, and that look at how, look at, I mean, look at this podcast, you know, like I didn't expect it to last this long, frankly. Like I thought I was going to chicken out at some point or I thought that I was going to give up at some point. And, um, and, you know, like we've kept on going and I think we have something like what, what number of episodes are we up to now? Like close to 20, something like that. Somewhere like that. It's crazy. And I was looking at the website and I was just like, how do we have multiple pages of stuff on there? (laughs) You know, even that to me just made it just it made my night one night just looking at it. And we just surpassed like 540 visitors, unique visitors on the website, which is really cool. Um, So, you know, you guys are terrific, man. I couldn't ask for 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 better partners on this journey and. Um, and you know, I, I know that uh, sometimes I can be a little bit of an agnostic, but I, I thank God for us, for you guys, um, you know, every time. So, yeah. Um, um I just want to say also crystal, um, before I get, yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm going to say crystal, you have kind of been the heart of this podcast just so you know, um, I've, I've always loved your contagious laugh. 
Thank you. Um, and a lot of we we are we are we are glad that you're a part of this, um, Crystal. You know, like it's just of all Absolutely. the people in the world that I could have met that this podcast could have consisted of. I'm glad that it's us. You know, I'm glad that I had the chance to meet these people. These and and this this big crazy world with what seven billion people and. I happen to stumble across you four. Oh, oh very yeah. blessed. Yeah, Mike. We have found each other. Um, just just want to say that ever ever since the very first podcast, uh, that Crystal has been one of the one of the best uh, things about it. What <laughs> and that was and that was completely unplanned too. Um, yeah. As she as she just made a cameo appearance in our in our pilot, but that's right. That's but right. she but she made such a such a great first impression that we had to bring her along full time. Just firing off at Josh. That's <laughs> true. But yeah. honestly, I I thank you guys for this. I I feel I feel like a weight's been lifted right now i i feel i i kind of feel like i i just ran a marathon and i feel euphoric <laughs> and we're I, all i even remember how nervous you were about the podcast crystal i think it was the very first tuned up do you mind if i if i say this yeah. i remember the very first tuned up it was gonna be just crystal but a lot of stuff had happened at that point and I remember Crystal. It was like counting down to when we were gonna rec- when you guys were gonna record, and Crystal just wasn't feeling it. And I remember she was in tears, and I just broke down before it. I was so uh, terrified. Like I said, I was I, I was never really good at talking to people because I was so focused on my work that I never worked on my people skills, and I was really scared of. You know, going off on my own, not having Josh as a safety net. Yeah, and I look at where you've been, where you are now, and I'm, I'll say it, I'm proud of you. Thank you. Same here. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, how do you follow that up? I don't um, know. Um, Should we talk about, uh, let's, let's talk about quarantine goodness. Um, <laughs> <hell> Yay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Does anybody want to go first or should I? Jacob, Jacob raised his hand on the monitor. <laughs> well, I should bring up also that, um, some very special person who has been, um, keeping me going these past crazy weeks without turning to Jack Nicholson and the shining is, um, <laughs> is, uh, my girlfriend, Kim, who's, um, oh. my girlfriend who's in France. That's awesome. Dude. We met an, we met an autism, um, site, a dating website for autistic people. And these past year and a half, she, she's just amazing. You know, she's so funny. She's so, caring she, she she herself has been she she's had her hard times in life you know with, with her families and you know with certain people and um 
she she has told me that that I was there for her. Uh, I've I I helped her in a really bad spot. I, I I won't get into it. And I was just there to comfort her, and she was there to comfort me. I I remember we we always do our um Sunday, we always do our chat our video chats on Sunday, and she she saw that I was in real pain and real anxiety and you know just a fear of the, of my what my future would bring and she just she was there for me she was there you know it's it's been very push and pull it's very very mutual our relationship and we always it's something we always look forward to every sunday and you know, she she did plan to come over during the summer here to america um she was supposed to come here in june and obviously she wasn't able to and you know currently we're hoping for an august um but even that that might be wishful thinking at this point and um yeah you know we, we it's something we always we always make the most of what we got and we always make sure to catch up on each other on sunday to ex- exchange funny videos and she always likes to send me really like she goes on Reddit a lot for cursed images, you know, just just to just to mess with me. And, um, like she 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 sends me all these like disgusting food combinations too because she's she's kind of an edge lord in that respect. <laughs> She's kind of <laughs> like today. She she sent me um a picture of <laughs> of a pizza and a watermelon. Ew! <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> she, she just likes to make me suffer, basically. But um and um but um anyway um one thing um she's been sent she's been having. She one thing she's also obsessed with is Lazy Town, and um, and she's oh my me, god, and and she and she gets me to watch every like that's been a a tradition of ours every Sunday. I just I just watch a Lazy Town episode, <laughs> and, and <laughs> at the end of it, she just bombards me with um fan theories and trivia of each episode, um. Um, and memes and such and it's 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 a show that really lends itself to memes and um especially like and also theories of how robbie rotten can pull off so many disguises and i'll and also why there's no people in lazy town like something about like a virus that killed everyone else or something <laughs> and um um have you guys do you guys have you guys ever watched lazy town not in I've full only, i've only seen the memes Same. okay um maybe from watching my brother and my sister watch it yeah um <laughs> it's a kid show but it's something it's the there's a reason why it has big as big a fan base as it does. Um, um, it just it's fun, it's upbeat, it's colorful, it's it's energetic. You know, it's it's very tongue in cheek in its humor in a lot of ways. It, um, yeah. And this one um, running joke is that, is that I just hate stingy. I really do. 
He's the worst. Um, um, I, I, it's just, it's just a fun show. It's just, it's just something to check out when you're having a bad day or, or, or just having, you know, a bad month as a lot of people have been, unfortunately, these past few months. Yeah. I, I do hope that, that looks more like crazy town to me. Yeah. I don't know. Welcome to lazy town. The start of a brand new day. It's um, I, I I do hope. Um, I am holding out hope that we will get to see each other, um, sometime like in, in person. And and also uh, every day, every day she sends me um a cute animal gif, or it's so cute. Um, after she sends me all those disgusting images, she always sends me a cute animal photo for like eye bleach. <laughs> that's what it's called um um, um it, it's just um yeah it, it's a cute uh photo we she sent me uh, uh some care packs um care packages um like chocolates and you know special bath soap and and i i've sent her a, a couple of stuffed animals too so it's it's a it's a very healthy relationship. It's one that I wouldn't trade for the world. That's awesome, man. I'm That's I'm so nice. happy for you. Yeah, it's 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 like I said, you know, the love you take is equal to the love you make and you know, it's it's yeah. if there's someone out there that truly loves you, they will be there for you and no matter how far away they are, the love is worth it. It really is. That the, the, the long distance and such, it just doesn't matter. It's, it's as if they're in the exact same room as you in a lot of ways. And that's what we got to hold on to. Exactly. Just love wherever we can get it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anybody else want to share anything about the this uh, this special time that we seem to be living through? No, we can top that. That's uh, <laughs> that, I don't know either. either. <laughs> We've had like three in a row that we can't top, Mike. You and I. <laughs> we're we're just like I was just gonna talk about Final Fantasy Seven. <laughs> well, um, Josh and I will. We've been. Well, a lot of really, really sucky stuff has happened to us in the uh, happened to us and our family in the past few weeks, past m- few months. Yeah, uh, on my end, I-, I think I can say it now. But um, for for most of the listeners of the podcast, they may have noticed that I've been noticeably absent for a while. And uh, a large part of that is because um, I was starting to feel really down already, and it just got even worse because I found out that my aunt had passed away. And she, I'm I'm not going to say that she was amazing. You know, she was, the fact of the matter was, uh, if I were to compare her to any person 
in a, in a movie or anything, I'd compare her to like Ransom from Knives Out or um, Melissa Leo in The Fighter. More like Christian Bale in The Fighter. Just that kind of when they're when they're happy, they're happy. But when they're when they're at their lowest, it's just really really hard to be at their side and she had three boys and they had just lost their father like about a month prior to so it was on them it's the hardest and um i'm not gonna lie a lot of what i've been going through the past few weeks has just been kind of mulling over all of that and my feelings about her because I, I really don't believe that she was a bad person. I just think, I, I really do think that she had a lot of love in her heart. Just, I can't say that she knew how to express it well. She was, she was probably her own worst enemy. But if it wasn't for her, I, I wouldn't have met my siblings, to be, to be quite honest. And on top of that, even though she would always get into fights with everybody in my family, you know what? She always remembered my birthday. She always made sure to get me something, even if... Which, heck, is more than what I can say. <laughs> the, 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 the last birthday present she gave me, it was right when I turned 21. Or no, it was right when I turned 18. She got me a voter registration card and a lot of scratchers. <laughs> Welcome to 18, Josh. But it, it, even then, my God, I, also, I thought she was going to get you like a military draft form. <laughs> no, even she hey, knew you're 18, I was. Like, get the hell out. Even she knew I wasn't cut out for the military. Everybody knows that you're not cut out. For Your the military. dad knows, and he's a marine. But um, the it, it also, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have discovered a lot of things in pop culture that I realize I love, like um. It was because of her that I was introduced to Lethal Weapon and uh, Hellboy. And uh, I believe she got me into Blade and Aliens. She was, she, she, she was, a, she was the doorway to a lot of these things. And it, it really does feel bittersweet. But it it, it kind of comforts me that I can at least think of a few things to remember her by that are positive. And to kind of cope throughout this whole quarantine, that, that was all just compounded with the quarantine. Um, if I can just, um, if I can just uh, uh, polish my ego ever so slightly, it, it, it helps to be rewarded for my struggles before the quarantine with my with my short film that I was making when I got kicked out but um on top of that when all this started um I had to I had to quit my job for personal reasons and uh because of that I ended up playing a lot of death stranding and Crystal's dad and Crystal make fun of me for it. I know it, but it, it, it oddly enough, with everything that the game is about, 
it's so tranquil and it's so peaceful and it it makes me feel like I'm doing something. Like it, as cheesily ridden as it is in the Kojima sense, where it's like keep on keeping on. <laughs> it it feels Die like, Hardman. It feels very nice to see like these people be like, oh my god, thank you so much. And it 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 gives the impression of like working a job and it's like I feel really good doing it and because I'm in a house, I can't really go to all my comfort shows and movies that kind of carry me through some of this stuff out of fear that I'm going to bore the hell out of everybody. But on occasion, I slip on a community episode here and there. <laughs> Which, by the way, if anybody has not seen that uh, the community table read on YouTube... Please of do. one of their episodes with the whole cast coming back and everything. That was amazing. It, it was, it's worth it just to hear Pedro Pascal just lose it oh, every God. time he has to say the word sperm. Yes. And he has to say it multiple times, so he loses it multiple times in that episode. Oh, man. That was a great video. Anyway, yeah. Above all else, Crystal's been here to push me through it all. And her dad is here to keep me leveled and be like, don't get too full of yourself. It's like, okay. <laughs> One thing that's been helping me out um, is revisiting Avatar The Last Airbender with my brother and my sister. Yeah. They're around that age. That's They're awesome. 12 and 10, 11. I can't keep track anymore. But yeah, they're at that perfect age to start watching the show, and they're loving it, and I love it. Just rewatching the great. show. It's amazing. It's great, it's, great show. It's really keeping me happy through all this. Yeah. Um, um, Mike, oh, did you want to go with anything? Yeah. Yeah, did you want to... I'm completely done with, with high school. I'm completely done with all the work. You go, girl. There you go. Woo. It's all over. You survived. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's what I felt like when I was, you know, it's it's so strange how like it doesn't feel scary anymore to walk those halls or to see those teachers or anything, you know, once you graduate. It's yeah. so incredible. I mean, that would be nice if I could actually walk the halls. Would be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what do I'm they lucky. do in this case? Do they, like, mail you the diploma? <laughs> I have no idea. There's apparently going to be, like, a filming of graduation, however the hell that's going to work out. Interesting. On the 5th. So I need my cap and gown quickly. Yeah. I I hope they at least um, give give you a rain check for that, that they'll allow you to, when this whole thing blows over, the class of 2020 will actually be allowed to walk down the aisle to pomp and circumstance some, you know, as a, you know, so. to, to make up for it. Yeah. Seriously, they should. They should. By the way, interesting thing happened at my graduation, which was a long time ago. Um, but I just wanted to bring it up, which was that after we all got our caps and gowns and we got our diplomas and everything, the whole, like all the guys, for some reason we did this cheer where, where we said, crank up that diesel 
and everybody went, brr, 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 let's go, Diesel. <laughs> and dude, I don't know how or where that came from, but I just know that I loved it. <laughs> that sounds like fun. all right. So, Mike. Um, so a couple of things that have kind of gotten me through this quarantine. First of all, the fact that I've been able to work from home has been really nice. Um, for uh, my my job, um, I, I work for a bank that that does everything um, online. So the fact that I can work from home is has been nice. Um, it's it saves me money on gas, um, on food, um, since I'm you know still living at home with my parents. Um, the other the other thing has been um, these podcasts, um, like these podcasts, and uh, just kind of going back and. Um, to all my like my comfort food uh entertainment uh like all all of my favorite um music um cartoons that i grew up with um like the ones that we've uh talked about in previous episodes um and also uh my friend uh pj campbell we've We've had him on this show before and um yeah yeah and we've we've promoted his his channel um he's he's done uh watch alongs every monday and friday uh this past month was ryan johnson month which which is kind of been my favorite so far as we've uh gone through almost his entire filmography the next the last one that we'll go through is um knives out oh nice yeah so yeah having Great movie. having that like having that group of friends to you know to interact with is um it's it's been re- it's been real nice That's awesome, man. I, I can't wait to have PJ and Evan back on too, because they really they they did a great job. Yeah, they they and I really thank did. them for coming on our little show it and you know classing the place up a bit, um, <laughs> you know because you, we need that sometimes. I say that as classy. a joke, of course. Yeah, we're not, not, dude. I'm not classy. Are you kidding? You say classy, I say, I say <laughs> what. I'm just saying I'm not classy. You guys are classy. Um, not. Well, but you know, you need two people to come on and class up the joint when I'm around. Yeah, that is true. I mean, the, like you are the guy who came up with the brilliant peacock joke where you just repeat the word <laughs> all like, hey, peacock. Because like what? you're 12 years old. You don't, you don't remember the peacock? peacock. No. Because NBC it's... has their streaming service and they're calling it peacock. Peacock, peacock Alpha. Get it? Peacock Plus. NBC. You didn't know the... And then, of course, Peacock All Access. It, oh, my God. You really don't know. It's because NBC's logo is that of a peacock. So they're called their streaming service Peacock. Oh, my God. <laughs> the more you know. know so <laughs> peacock <laughs> Max. That is the ultimate one. <laughs> No, no, the ultimate one is. Yeah, I don't know. I don't pay attention to stuff like this. The, the ultimate what name is. 
The ultimate name is Peacock Max Plus. <laughs> Love it. Peacock Max Plus All Access. Flicks. Flicks. <laughs> okay. Okay. The horse is dead. Okay. We're done. We're done here. Um, all right. So, so guys, uh, what, you know, being that we are a pop culture website, um, let's bring it back a little bit now and let's talk about the things that have the, the actual things, the actual hobbies that we have that have helped us get through this, um, beyond what we've already said. Um, I know for me, it's been a lot of like going back and watching my old favorite shows, like, like Buffy, cause I've mentioned that like 20 times already tonight, but um, or like playing Final Fantasy VII Remake or like just, you know, like last night I watched the the wrestling pay-per-view, the AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view, which I wasn't going to watch. And I ended up um, just, you know, going for it and taking the plunge. And it was so much fun. It was ridiculous. Um, so, you know, I just want to know, like, before I get too deep into the 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 other things, um, what have you, what have you guys been enjoying? right now if anything Jacob well like I said I've been enjoying lazy town like like I've said (laughs) (laughs) like I said that's basically the thing that's kept me quarantined on but honestly this is relevant because I um, posted this poem that I did for the podcast recently it's and all to Studio Ghibli because I am just a big fan of Studio. That's part of the reason why I'm getting HBO Max is because the entire Studio Ghibli library is going to be on it, and I look forward to revisiting. Like uh, you know, just last year, Fathom Events and G Kids they did this cool thing, Ghibli Fest. Um, they've been doing it ever since 2017, where they have a certain slate of. Uh, Studio Ghibli movies that you can see in theaters, and last year I saw all nine of them in the theater. Wow, it was, all nine. Yeah, all nine. Jeez. Uh, um, I, I've to tell you the truth, I've always kind of preferred Studio Ghibli over Disney and Pixar. Um, yeah, just just because. <laughs> Actually, me too. Uh, just because. Um. Most people prefer it because of the hand-drawn animation and the strong female characters and just the sheer imagination, all all of which are absolutely true. But what I've always found so appealing about Studio Ghibli is how real the worlds feel despite how fantastic they can be. You know, they're, the movies, they're very immersive, I think is a good word to describe it. I think it's very... Yeah, they feel very organic. Um, my my main problem with Disney and Pixar is their movies. They tend to be much more focused on plots and character um, progressions, which you know that's there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that Ghibli, they just feel more alive because it doesn't feel they they tend to have a slice of life um, approach to their movies and. That's always kind of the Studio Ghibli that I prefer. It's, I just love it, it, they're very organic. Is the way uh, is is how I would put it. It's they're movies that I just love. I I just love revisiting them. Whether it's just a big fantasy epic like Mononoke or Nausicaa, or a 
small slice of life story like only yesterday and or from up on poppy hill or whisper of the heart and honestly on the subject studio ghibli i saw when marnie was there in the theater that does that name does that sound familiar to you guys when marnie was there mm-hmm. it sounds familiar yeah um yeah well as i've said before i felt out of place and I've had um, my moments of self-loathing and worthlessness. And when Marnie was there, it actually is about a girl who goes through a lot of that. And she even talks about, she has this monologue of how she feels stupid and ugly and unpleasant. And that's why she hates herself. And the first time I, I heard that, I just had tears rolling down my eyes because I knew what that was like. I And it, that movie, when Marnie was there, it, it it's one it's a movie that really really hits home with me it's such a moving story about learning forgiveness and learning that you're always loved and it's and it's it, it's it's an incredibly moving move moving story and i watched it again just recently and um, I would watch like I watched individual scenes of it, and no, no matter no matter what scenes I picked to watch, I just had these. Te- I, I was on the verge of tears basically because it's. Uh, I just it's told in a way that's just so unbelievably touching, and I, I just I just love that movie to pieces. I really yeah. do, and in some ways, it's my favorite that they've ever done because it just speaks to me in such a way. And so, yeah, Studio Ghibli—they've always had a place in my art. I've I I frequent the World of Ghibli Facebook group a lot, where I would post like fan art that I found on DeviantArt and such, or, or just like funny gifts on it. And I just love how passionate they can be of ghibli it's ghibli it's one fan base i can think of that's not toxic in any way like that's something i can't say about um star wars or you know star trek or rick and morty and ghibli it's an incredibly wholesome fan base so yeah mike yeah um well just jumping off of of your uh, love for uh, Studio Ghibli. Um, the only movie that I that I've seen in full of theirs is Spirited Away. So when HBO Max um, launches in a few days, one of the first things I'm going to do is um, run through their uh, filmography because I I've I've always wanted to to dive into that world. Um, you're missing it's, out, man. It's just, um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited that now, now I have like the opportunity to, to go through all of these, uh, what I hear are wonderful, wonderful films. Absolutely. Um, but one, one thing that I've, I've kind of, um, really got, gotten into this past weekend is, um, just scrolling through um, the Boomerang streaming service and watching a bunch of my old, my favorite, uh, like one of my, like all my favorite classic cartoons, like, like the Looney Tunes and Tom and Jerry. 
because um, like those 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 are the ones that I used to watch like all the time growing up. Um, I I especially love the like the hunt the hunting trilogy with Bugs, Daffy, and Elmer, um, and all the Roadrunner shorts. Those are always a lot of fun. So yeah, this this weekend was a was a bit of a nostalgic trip for me. That's awesome. Yeah. Um oh, what have I been interested in? Oh yeah, okay. So so a funny thing has happened during this weird time, um, which is I've really kind of warmed up to Twitch. Like watching people stream things on Twitch, specifically Final Fantasy, because I've been really interested in seeing people's reactions to it and to the ending. And Aerith's voice actress is actually on there. So one of the characters, her her voice actress is on um, Twitch and Strange Rebel Gaming or Brianna White is her name. And she always goes uh, online and streams like the game. She plays the game and comments on it and tells us little behind the scenes anecdotes and things like that. So that's always fun. And I really want her to be on the show. So hopefully uh, eventually one day we can get her on. Brianna, Um, we're going for you. (laughs) <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah, be yeah, insane. I really want to get her on on this on this podcast and I think we can do it. I think we can. Um but uh you know, she's really busy right now, so we probably won't be able to for a while, but I think that you know, just watching her stream and then watching um some of the other streamers that that I've that I've found through her um, like Katie Benz is one where they on, on Twitch, they just basically, you can go from one streamer, like they'll, they'll basically host another streamer after they're done if they so choose. And, um, and she sent us to one, to a couple of them. And I thought that they were just such fun personalities and just awesome people that I was like, okay, shoots, I'll watch. Um, and, uh, and that's a Hawaii expression. That means, yeah, I'll, I'll do it. Um, but you know, like, um, just being a part of that has been interesting because I I was never into it and I didn't know what Twitch really was, and now I kind of do. So, um, we're gonna do like recommendations later, so we can do that stuff. Uh, recommend things that we like or or people that we follow. Um, at the end of this podcast and um. That's one thing that's been different for me that I've kind of learned to enjoy and relax uh, with. And um, another thing has been, of course, like, you know, for me, the important thing is finding, like Jacob was talking about, finding um, characters that you can relate to and that sort of have an interesting story where you feel like you're, in a way, watching them go through it is a sort of catharsis. And I think that's what I found in Buffy a lot, like the philosophy of that show and really like doing a deep dive and reading into it. I've, I've found that I really enjoy that show on multiple levels. Um, and angel as well, the spinoff show about the vampire. Um, and also like, you know, uh, like a game like final fantasy seven remake where it's like, I know I mention it a lot. Um, but it's, one of the reasons why I love it is because it has so much layers. It has so many layers to its story and to its narrative and to its characters. And more than just being a nostalgia thing, like I said in my review, it's, it's more than that. Um, 
to me, it feels like they they basically made these characters. They took them as they were in 97 and just added more stuff to it and added more evolution and growth to them um, and more character traits. And like Aerith was a plot device. Like somebody said that and, and I forget who it was, but somebody said that. And I just was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Aerith in the 1997 version is a plot device. And in this one, she is a fully realized character and a mysterious one. And to see where they go with the story is going to be very interesting. We're going to talk more about this in our spoiler cast on uh, final fantasy seven remake this week. So renegade arcade be there guys. Um, but yeah, I think that um, just in terms of like enjoyment and things like that, like I'm always looking for something where it's more than just a fun plot or explosions and action everywhere. It's, you know, it's gotta be, it's gotta have good characters and it's got to have something to it that's more than just a typical narrative for me to really enjoy it. So, just my thoughts. Hmm. Unless it's wrestling, in which case you can just have two two dudes just beating each other to a pulp, and I'll just watch that. Uh, I wouldn't but, say beating each other. To but a pulp. then there's a story. Fake beating each other. To yeah. A pulp. No, go. I mean we know we we know we know, but it's still fun. For me, anyway, I grew up with it, so that's probably why. I grew up with a real deal. With my with my parents bringing over friends every Saturday, getting blind drunk, <laughs> screaming at the TV. Because the octagon. <laughs> yeah, we watch... We watched UFC in this household. You, you got you got to emphasize. You got to add the fact that they're talking about the octagon because it just sounds like they're they they literally come over, get drunk, and just yell at the TV. Work, yeah, damn it! That's, that's, that's true. <laughs> Maybe they were talking about the Chuck Norris movie, The Octagon, <laughs> where he whispers a lot. I'm Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris, Chuck Norris. <laughs> I am a ninja, ninja, ninja. ninja. <laughs> but over here, uh, one thing that I've already mentioned that we've been using to cope with all of this is just watching my brother and my sister watch Avatar. And mm-hmm. right now they're visiting their mom for the weekend. And uh, I, I know that they've been watching without us. And it's right at the end of season three. So I'm super pissed that they're watching it without us. And to cope with that coping, Crystal has been wanting to finish just the series because we already made it to this point. Uh, so Yeah, I mean, why not? Why not? And while Crystal's been doing Good that, show. while Crystal's been doing Great that, show. I've been conducting research for my next video, and it, it, it's junk comfort food of a movie. But how I've been coping, I've been coping by watching Ready Player One. Ah, oh, unpopular opinion, but I, I actually really love the movie. Really? So did I when I saw it. 
I I didn't love it. Um, it, it only. I'm sorry. Go go ahead, Josh. No, you you go ahead. You go ahead. Um, I think it's probably Spielberg's best movie that he's done in a while. That is just pure entertainment. I think, in a, in a way, it's it's. You can tell, like he was just basically having a ball with it. You know, like it just it just yeah. definitely your attitude throughout the whole thing. Mm. You you really feel like he's just having a blast, and on top of that, it feels like there's something that he's trying to say about pop culture. Like, I, I almost want to say that this movie and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull are the same in terms of the messages and themes that they're trying to give off. But uh, I'm going to save that for my video. But I've been getting through that, like, watching the movie because I forgot how much fun it was, and... I just want to do something positive on my channel after the last three videos have been about a disappointment of a final season of a beloved show. And I thought, you yeah. know what? I need to give back and do something positive. And to do research for that, I've actually been reading the book, Ready Player One. And the movie is a marvel at an adaptation because I'm telling you guys right now, I hate the book. Yeah, he's been reading little excerpts for me. I've I, I swear to God, like in addition to reading the book, I've been listening. Don't don't call me a Benedict Arnold or anything. I've just been I, I I've also been listening to this other podcast that was already recorded way in the past by uh, Mike Nelson from uh, I believe uh, Riff Tracks, and um, it's called Three Hundred and Seventy Two Pages Will Never Get Back. Where they like <laughs> terrible books, and every episode they go through like three or so chapters of the book. And every time I, it, it's so funny because every time I think, all right, you know what? I'm giving myself into this book. I think I'm enjoying it. There's something that Ernest Klein writes that sucks me out. And I'm like, you just had to do that. How would you? What image comes in your head when you describe someone as Rubenesque? <laughs> you know, I, I, I just, at this point, I want to make my own video going over my theory that Ernest Klein is really just Onision under a pseudonym. I, before, before I, before I hand it off to, before I hand it off to Mike, just like, I want to make sure that the thesis in my video is intact in that the tests in the movie tie into Halliday as a person and how they're tied into his biggest regrets. And yeah, I feel completely validated, at least going through the first challenge in ready player one. I think I'm up to chapter 12, which I'm amazed I made it this far. If I wasn't doing it for research, I definitely wouldn't have been writing like reading it, but I, I, I was enjoying it a little bit when I found out that one of the gates in the book was Wade going to this hidden dungeon nearby the school that he's at. And it's modeled after a Dungeons and Dragons thing. I forget the 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 name of it, but it's like a supplementary book. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. So it's like the it's literally like they're living the pop culture and rather than study it and play it. 
you have to actually experience it. And then he goes into this dungeon and meets this this demon, whatever. It's a lich, I think. And, you know, it's staring him down. And it's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, I'm here to to claim to reclaim the copper key it's like oh is that so what makes you so worthy you know if i wish to best you i will do it it's like very well we will decide it in a joust it's like but where where are there gonna be horses because it's a very small dingy dungeon area it's like not horses birds and i thought oh they're gonna play joust like they're gonna get on birds and they're gonna joust each other no the book literally pulled the rug out from under me and did the most predictable thing where the throne turns into like pixels and the pixels turn into a coin op and then this demon fucker pulls out two quarters (laughs) and i'm just a mad and he literally writes in like the scariest voice something like best two out of three (laughs) and it's just there's even a paragraph where where wade acknowledges okay this is absolutely stupid i can't believe we're doing this and then after that he's got to go to halliday's home childhood home and then when he goes there there's like a gate that he has to open with the key and he walks through the gate and he's literally got to recite all of war games <laughs> you have no idea how disappointed wow. i feel because i remember people saying oh man the book's so much better they did this and that and why couldn't they do this and i always gave them the benefit of the doubt like you know what maybe they actually experience the game like playing joust like i said with that or if they had to play pac-man maybe they actually have to go into the sewers and pick up pellets and avoid ghosts and it's like oh my god it's just like pac-man but no coin ops and yeah and one thing that mike nelson points out is the hilarious intro line for i rock tj miller's character in the movie he walks into a chat room with H and Wade because they're arguing about the Ewok movie. And uh, he just walks in and I swear to God, before he's even given a description, it says, uh, uh, then Irock walks in and he turns to H and he turned to H and me and said, are you cock still arguing about Star Wars? Oh, Jesus. Mike. Um, I just want to bring up another uh, Spielberg adaptation um, that I watched for the first time on Monday. um, The Adventures of Tintin. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, Man, I'm I'm so sad that I, I missed that in theaters because, like, what watching watching that movie um it it makes you really appreciate like just how good he uh he is at at directing just a good old fashioned adventure and he and he did so by taking um taking like the uh motion capture style of animation that Zemeckis has has um experimented with and Honestly, I think I think he kind of perfected it. Yeah, he he perfected it in ways up. that that I think Zemeckis um, maybe not failed, but just failed. hasn't hasn't quite 
okay, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but but I think I think what Spielberg added added to that movie and um, just to the source material, um, it like he really kind of elevated the material. Um, but you can but you can tell as you're watching it that like that him, Peter Jackson, Edgar Wright, and Joe Cornish are all like very passionate fans and that pat that passion kind of like like it it like it it like marinates the entire like the entire film so yeah what watching that for the first time was uh something special all right so jacob um yeah, um, I was truly told I was never the biggest fan of the Adventures of Tintin personally. Um, uh, we we talked about this in the private chat. Um, it's just that I, this movie it never really grabbed me in the way uh, I think a really good adventure movie does. Like, like my, my if you want to see a really good animated adventure movie, check out Castle in the Sky. Okay, because I think that's one of my go-to um, examples for a truly great, because listen, Tintin, it has a lot of great elements and I'm not disputing that at all. You know, the, the I love the acting is it, especially Andy Serkis, who is just phenomenal as Captain Haddock. Yes. Um, um, I, yes, the motion capture is, like I said, it's fantastic. Um, and uh, the characters, they actually look like they have a soul in this movie. All right. Like they don't look like creepy, just dead zombies, like in polar express and Mars needs moms. And, um, yeah, the score is a John Williams score. So that alone means it's awesome. Um, you know, and also like the, the action scene, they really are spectacular. The action scenes, um, when it's just when Spielberg's just allowed to cut the hell loose and just you know like really run rampant with what that medium has to offer to him, yeah, all of those individual elements are just top notch. Everything except the writing, and and the reason why is because the movie moves so fast from set piece to set piece that. I didn't feel like there was enough space for me to really get to feel for these characters in a way. You are breaking Crystal's heart right now. <laughs> I oh, I'm I'm sorry, Crystal. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's just I, I hold I hold a very deep love for this movie. Okay. Okay. Well, like, okay. First, I'm I just I'm telling you, I'm just telling you first impressions. Okay, because sometimes I do hear people on the internet actually go crazy for it i'm sitting here like what the hell am i missing here you know like this this has to be me <laughs> clearly i'm in the wrong here i i have to be there's clearly something i'm missing here okay no um, no i i get you like yeah it, it does move very fast but i i think that's kind of the charm of it yeah like it's just kind of all getting thrown into this crazy scenario I, I, you know, to an extent, yeah, maybe, maybe I just do have to watch it. Maybe, maybe, maybe I do have to watch it again. I, I think maybe I didn't give it a fair shake at first. Um, but I, I maybe I, I had really, I had really high expectations for it. 
Um, I, I really do. I really did. But maybe, maybe I expected it to be an adventure movie in one set, one way, and it just, you know, it just turned out to be something a little different. Maybe that was what it was. Um, yeah. If anything, this movie actually got me interested in in reading the the books and the Herge comic books. Um, um, same. Yeah. Um, maybe, maybe I will have to look at it. Maybe I, maybe I was unfair to it. I'm, I'm open to the pot. It has happened. There have been movies that, that should be told. I didn't even like spirited away when I first saw it. I just thought it was weird. <laughs> yeah. That, um, that's one thing that I'm starting to, to notice. Like Josh, we were, we've been looking through the catalog on Netflix and, uh, he came across groundhog day. And he and my dad had a, like a, a little argument over over it because Josh says that that's one of the greatest comedies of all time. And my dad says, "Oh, that's weird. Like, why would you say that about it?" And Josh had to clarify that you have to watch it several times for it to get better and better and better. With every watch, it gets better. And I think that's the same thing with. Uh, Spirited Away and uh, uh, the Adventures of Tintin. Uh, um, yeah. Th- um, to be honest, we're, I, I'm, I'm just curious. Okay, I'm just asking, were you guys really that invested in the characters and what they were going through? In the Adventures of Tintin? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, of course, when, when I first watched it, I was like, eh. It was all right. I mean, it was it was fun, and then I watched oh. it again, and I was like, okay, that was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed that, and then I watched it again and again and again, and now I'm absolutely in love with it. Oh, okay, interesting. So maybe that was it. Maybe I just because uh, actually, I I'm not alone in saying that. Actually, there are a lot of critics who had the same problem that I did. Um, yeah, but. It, I didn't like other movies I grew up loving, like ended up loving like 2001 A Space Odyssey, for one thing. Didn't like that at all. Again, it was weird. But it's I think it's legitimately the best movie ever made. Yeah. Oh, oh, Josh stepped away for a second, so let me fill him in. That uh, we were talking about how with some movies, you gotta watch it a couple times in order to f- truly fall in love with it, like you would in Groundhog Day. Yeah. And also the Adventures of Tintin and Spirited Away, because we watched that recently, and I mean we loved it. It was um, a beautiful masterpiece, but it was kind of hard to understand. It was very weird, yeah. Yeah. But I think we need to watch it a couple more times to truly fall in love with it. It's one of those unsung masterpieces. Oh no, it's sung, Josh. It's it's sung. (laughs) Are you kidding me? Of course it's sung. Wait, are you talking about Spirited Away? Yeah, that's what I said. I thought you were talking about Tintin. I was going to lead to a joke <laughs> relating to Zack Snyder's beautiful vision that is Batman v Superman. Oh, God. I'm out of here. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Just we to, to prepare for another podcast later on, I've been, Gosh. I've been going through the DCEU films. That's another thing that I've been going through with the, like, in quarantine, to, like, to prepare myself for the, uh, for, for the DCEU thing, just um, we watched Man of Steel yesterday and we watched Batman v Superman today. It was hell. And I, I literally turned to Crystal 
when Lois is tossing the kryptonite spear into the into the pool and her her and her dad were like wait why why is she dumping it and i said don't you get it it's Zack snyder's vision it's his brilliance because it's all powerful so that means it can't be all good all i have to say is martha 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 symbolism Uh, may the martha be with us (laughs) (laughs) um um, um, and Martha, we trust. I, I saw Batman v Superman um, in the theaters opening um, night. Believe it or not, I saw that. Even with all the terrible reviews going in, and as soon as young Bruce Wayne is lifted out of that hole in the ground by a swarm of bats, I was like, "Oh shit." I still like that movie. I don't know what you guys are talking about. It's it's we we'll we'll get into I'm that. Joking. Yeah, I'm we'll, joking we'll get into that way later. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm totally joking. I know exactly what you guys are talking about, but I have a certain perspective on it that that I think is a little bit different than most people. So I, you know, I'm gonna we'll get into that. We'll get into that later. Um, but um, okay. So um. <laughs> Um, and it is, and and um, as I was watching it, my opinion of it just grew low. Except for um, the 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 genuine bright spots of it. That actually, everyone's talking about how good Ben Affleck was as Batman, and I thought that um, Jeremy Irons as Alfred was a real MP in that one. He is, especially when he's testing out the mic on the on the costume, and he goes funnel fairy four four four. He is, but. I ruined him for Crystal because before we watched it, um, I would always make the joke. I would always jokingly say the whole, that's how it starts. The fever, the rage, (laughs) the feeling of powerlessness that turns good men cruel. And I just, I ruined that so bad for her that when Alfred started saying that, she started dying kind of how the prequel memes ruined the prequels for me have you guys seen this one youtube channel that's called the arl knots doesn't ring a bell Um, sounds familiar they did a a video a music video of just all the martha stuff and they did like the flash coming in on that vision uh it's one of the funniest things i've ever seen you guys should definitely look it up it's it's like they're called the aural knots. Aural, like as in you hear that you hear the sound. So, like instead of astronauts, they're aural knots. Mm. Um, they've also done the Bane, uh, Bane dialogue, like <laughs> like the Bane outtakes. That's also gold. Yeah. Uh, and they've done a lot of like Kyle stuff, and that's gold as well. Even if you like the movies, it's still funny. Yeah, it's just yeah. Bane is just a comedic gold mine with his voice. Oh yeah, he is. Were you guys were you guys able to take Bane's voice seriously at first? Because I know a lot of people didn't. Absolutely not. Okay. Nope. Um, I heard somewhere I don't remember specifically. Um, someone described it. Okay, get g- get ready to bust a gut. All right, all of you. Okay, or this. Um, um, whoever it was they said he sounded like Sean Connery giving birth to Adam Sandler. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
It takes a minute to wrap your head around a shake <laughs> that, That's Tell me that's not what it sounds like, right? It, it, it's perfect. Hold on. I, I feel a little bit more lenient because watching Harley Quinn and getting to hear Bane talk to Penguin's uh, uh, nephew who happens to be named Joshua and hearing Bane's voice go, Oh yes, Joshua, what is up? <laughs> or the the road to maturity is a long one, Joshua. I actually you know, I I do kind of admire Wait, the you're boy. lucky. Uh, I do like how um they didn't go for the typical deep gravelly voice with him. I, I thought that was kinda cool. Like it actually does kind of sound like it was like a makeshift like voice modifier and it, it, there there is something alien about that voice I think. Yeah, Josh, you're lucky. You get Bane talking to you. All I get is strippers. <laughs> You have no idea how many times a stripper in a movie is named Crystal and everyone in the room looks at me. Oh. Well, you know what? At least <laughs> at least you still don't have to deal with that. It's a running joke here in real life, but people think I'm Jewish. <laughs> Just because I happen to be stocky and I happen to have a really big nose and... You're really hairy. I'm protective of my money. Oh, dude. <laughs> with my hands. You know, you everybody. You do talk with your hands. Everybody. It, it's. <laughs> Rory, rub your hands together. <laughs> See, the funny thing is that Howie mentioned earlier that he's adopted. He He, he knows his biological mother, but. He's never known his his biological father, and he has no idea who he is. So we like to play around with his ethnicity all the time. So one day he'll be half black, one day he'll be half Arabic, half Irish. My my secret hope is that I'm half Irish. <laughs> what? That that's one way. One, to, one um, day be reunited with the song of my people. Yeah. <laughs> That that is nice that you're that's your coping mechanism, I think, not knowing your true parentage. I mean, I don't know if I'd be able to joke about that. I, I joke about it because there's no other way to take it. Well, see, the sad thing is that he doesn't joke about it. I joke about it. <laughs> Cause I'm a bully like that, but I love you. I'm like, Crystal, you can't do this. She's like, You're adopted, and then runs away. <laughs> she doesn't do that. She's not nearly that heartless, but she can be heartless when she wants to. You're like my girlfriend, Kim. <laughs> In a way, that's like the perfect um kind of relationship is someone who's oh not afraid to tease you. Yeah, but he teases me right back, right? That's part of the fun, I think. <laughs> Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> I love that. It's like delayed. Yes. <laughs> All right, guys. So, um, is there anything that we want to shout out or anybody that you would like to recommend or any like YouTube channels or anything that's like helped you through this difficult time um, before we close out? Um, I, Other than renegadepopculture.com, of course. Yeah. Um, I, I like watching. Um, I like watching Game Grumps. You guys, which one was that? I'm sorry. I'm Jake. sorry. Um, I, I love I love watching Game Grumps. Game Grumps. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yes. Um, I I always watch the party playthrough. The part, um, yeah. the Twilight Princess one, um, uh, when they're the part, um, the wagon level when they're trying to get, um, the wagon safely delivered delivered to Kakariko Village, um. And Aaron's just losing his friggin' mind over the bird who keeps dropping bombs on the horse's way and it scares it away. And, and, and trying and failing to kill that bird. It's just, it's just amazing. Okay. It just, um, <laughs> I swear to God. He, <laughs> I, 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 can't, I can't watch them play that because the game is not that hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i know like when uh, hell even when um they're trying to get the sword from colin's father and he explicitly says that he left it on the couch inside and but they still oh have oh my like, god oh, i was screaming just looking everywhere and... <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my mind i swear i i I just stopped watching them play it at some point because I was just too frustrated. And um, and you know, it was now funny. we're just watching them house party. Aaron, 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 he's got some nerve, okay? Because he said that Ocarina of Time was set a bad precedent for the for the Zelda game series. Well, oh, the first Zelda game, the original anyone NES one. Oh, that's so much more mysterious, and it's and yeah, here he is, like having no idea, like he. He has to have his hand the entire time playing Twilight Princess practically, so he's fun to freaking talk. Yeah, they give him s simple directions, and he completely loses his way. At that point, I wanted Fee to come out of the sword and come out and tell him, Hey, dipshit, <laughs> it's on the couch. Did. <laughs> <laughs> or, or when um, or even like hell during the wagon part where um, or, or the um car catches um fire a little bit and he's and he says it's okay it was on fire okay it can catch fire a little <laughs> a little bit and then like two <laughs> minutes later it's been it's engulfed in flames and he's like no no shit and then he's running, and then it catches fire and they all die on it. he's like oh my god. <laughs> I was like, they're dead. Oh no! Seriously, oh, I don't get God. it. How was that level so hard? <laughs> and, and, and anything's like, you're trying to swing it with a slingshot, you like completely forget that you had the boomerang. <laughs> Oh my god. They're just driving me crazy. But yeah, we're just watching them play house party now and it, it's pretty nice that 
Well, uh, they're actually in the game now. Oh, uh, yeah. If you, if you haven't noticed that, yeah. They're in the game now, and <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> they, they had <laughs> video game Aaron make out with Frank. Just the best. I you guys talk about game grumps. I, I have I have a couple channels to recommend. Um one that I've been revisiting, even though they're sadly defunct, is uh the Super Best Friends Play. Uh Matt, Pat, Wooly, and Liam just getting together, just playing video games. They used to have a podcast also. They're they're all great on their own. Uh, Matt McMuscles is probably my favorite of all of them, but uh, the 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 let's plays that kept me that keep me from going insane, and I listen to them when I when I edit. In the Super Best Friends play, they have two let's plays that just kill me, which are Pat Wooly and Liam playing Spike Lee's NBA Two K Fifteen Live in the Dream. And just seeing them go off on the, I'm I'm not gonna lie, the terrible story in that game. They named their character Rage of Africa. They give him, oh, no. they make him like seven feet tall. Give him monstrous sideburns. They name him that, but then the game and Spike Lee decide to name their character Frequency Vibrations. And they have to deal with a freeloading friend that rides off the coattails of Freak's fame in the NBA named Vic Van Leer. And he it's funny how the game presents Freak, that's a shorthand, Freak, as a a master in, in the courts, you know. He he really gets it done. But then when they finally play the game and they're in the big leagues. They they're only sitting on the bench because they're not the first seeders or anything. So there's a good section where they're just roasting the fact that they're just sitting on the bench yelling, Coach, put me in the game. And they have nicknames for like the people like there's an Italian guy named Dom Pagnotti. And they come up with so many different nicknames for him, like uh, Johnny Macaroni, <laughs> Fettuccine Revolution. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the other let's play that they've that they've done, which is near and dear to my heart because the game was part of my childhood, Tony Hawk's Underground. It's mm. it's Matt and Wooly playing through it, and it's just so comforting to know that I'm not the only one that hates Eric Sparrow with a passion. There is there is an article out there that I've been dying to read at some point in one of the Renegade Arcade podcasts that is from Polygon and it is worthy of a Pulitzer just in how the author just unloads all of his hatred on Eric Sparrow. I think he literally says that he doesn't want to, that he wants to die, but he can't even die because Eric Sparrow isn't even real. So him being real means that he only lives in his mind and his mind will carry him into infinity or something. (laughs) It is, and, and and seeing their reactions to everything going on in Tony Hawk's Underground, from doing a McTwist over a helicopter on a rooftop of a hotel in Hawaii, to Eric Sparrow 
photoshopping his face onto a stunt that the main character does to being imprisoned in a Russian gulag. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Tony Hawk games games, are nuts. Those games went places. And I love it. They went places with that franchise. Oh yeah. That they did. Yeah. I guess you could say the Tony Hawk games went off the rails. <laughs> Here, guys, I'll give him a purple nopro for you guys. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Hey, I, I appreciate good punnage. <laughs> All right, Mike. Um, Mike, what's what's up with you? Let's see what other what other YouTube channels are there. Um, I've already talked about PJ Campbell's. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know if anyone still follows. Um, it's just some random guy. He does like, the, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. He does. He does like the, like the Marvel versus DC, uh, little short, short videos. Um, Oh yeah. The, the, the latest thing he's done is like, um, sort of their interpretation of Captain America, um, going back and returning all the infinity stones. Um, so I've been just kind of catching up on, uh, on the rest of that series. Um, do you guys watch, uh, the, um, oh God, honest trailers? Yes. Oh yeah. That's a good one. That, that has gotten me through, um, many a sad day and made me laugh. So thank God for that. Um, also, uh, epic rap battles. Of history, oh, I, I I love I love those guys. I love those guys. They're so fun. I haven't seen um, they got me through sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, of course, Arl Knots. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and and mention them one more time. Also, the guy who kind of gave me this idea of of doing this podcast is a guy named Simon Miller. He is a a former. Um, he used to work for VideoGamer.com, and then he now works for What Culture Wrestling. So he's a he's a wrestler. Um, like an amateur wrestler and also um, and don't kill me for saying that Simon, because you're, you're awesome. And you're more than an amateur in my heart, buddy. <laughs> um, and don't kill me, please, because you have like 20 inch arms. So yeah, that would suck. Um, but he does these things called Miller's musings and uh, where he talks about things like um, he would talk about like self-esteem and that sort of thing on his channel. And even though he's more like on the, the more like um, like bodybuilding side now and also wrestling side and, and some video game stuff still. But he also would talk about, you know, just issues that he was dealing with and, and things that people had struggled with and that were writing into him about. So he kind of gave me this idea of, uh, of doing this on our website and through our website. So, and our podcast. Um, so I want to shout out to him and also, um, if you guys are interested in philosophy and stuff, there's a couple of them, um, which always kind of comforted me when I was going through my hard times. Um, one is the Academy of Ideas, and they talk about a lot of philosophical topics and do real deep dives in them. And they're like, you know, 15 minute videos, um, but very interesting to watch and really have a lot of knowledge. Um, and they they impart that to their audience. And also the School of Life oh, I is love another them. one. 
the School of Life is an excellent, excellent YouTube channel, and they talk about um, philosophy and life and and love and arts and all kinds of topics. And um, <clears throat> the guy who runs it is a a modern day philosopher, and his name is Alain de Botton. He's very, very good. Um, I don't always one hundred percent agree with with all of his ideas, but he presents it in such a way that's so it, it's so comforting, you know, like just hearing it. Um, and he is a fantastic writer. And, uh, and Josh, I know you want to say something. I actually, uh, it's two things. Well, one, uh, I actually got a message from school of life at some point. Really? Cause, um, it was around the time it was around the time I was dealing with, um, that, that relationship. I call it mm -hmm. BK before crystal. And, mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, not Burger King. Okay. Like I said, I, I, I was dealing with all those and like all those feelings and I had messaged them because uh, uh, my, my ex used to watch them and I thought, you know what, maybe they can help me put some perspective. So I messaged them out of the blue, like for any advice or things that they can give me. And he, he was very courteous and I, I assume it was him operating through the, the Facebook uh, messenger thing. And I, he linked me one of the videos and it helped me briefly. It was still That's very, awesome. you know, everything changed when the fire nation attacked, but <laughs> it was still, it was helpful. And I was thankful that they at least reached out and, and answered back. Yeah. That's super cool. And uh, yeah. w one last thing that I want to recommend. Um, if you, if you guys are interested in like just something to bring you back to childhood, it's like old days of the internet kind of freedom. Um, one guy that I, I've been really revisiting along with my director of photography for Rest Stop. Um, it's this YouTuber called Forest Fire 101. He is... Um, oh, I haven't heard of him. He, he, he has been around since 2006, I believe. The very early days of YouTube. And he got his start doing stop motion animated uh, YouTube videos, particularly of Lego Batman. And he started doing this when he was in middle school. And now he's he, he's like in his 20s and he's still going strong. And his animation is absolutely stunning. He's done some live action stuff here and there. And I'll admit it's a little bit dated, but they bring me back to that kind of fun creativity of I just want to get a camera and do this. And uh, y you've actually seen his work before Kiona on Epic rap battles. He did the Lego. Oh, really? He animated the Lego uh, rap battle all by himself. Oh, wow. Okay. Huh. I gotta I go back more. and find that one and rewatch it. Okay, go ahead. I have one more little recommendation. Uh, it's not like videos or anything like that or movies, but to those of you who are who haven't really been exposed to Mexican culture, uh, I've been listening to a lot of Selena. Oh, she's she's a wonderful, wonderful singer from what like the eighties, nineties, eighties, nineties, nineties. Yeah, and yeah. I've just been listening to her music to just to cheer me up. She she has very beautiful love songs and some very upbeat songs and it's, it's been helping me out a lot. 
I, I definitely yeah. recommend her. Yeah, she was she was great. Really great. Um, I've been I've I sometimes on YouTube will try to find like tracks from uh from from Final Fantasy Seven because I got Final Fantasy on the brain, guys. I'm sorry, but I <laughs> no, it's all good. Um, Cool. But yeah, I've been That's listening sweet. to the soundtrack and stuff and certain favorite tracks that I really like. And uh, it's it's phenomenal. That soundtrack is phenomenal. I I bought it off eBay or something. I was just like, I have to own this thing. <laughs> like 16 disc, whatever it is. Crazy. Anybody else have any more recommendations? Uh, music or YouTube or anything? Nope. It sounds. <laughs> I'm good. It's the all right. It, it's okay. The, the, so. the album by the Beach Boys. Oh, yeah, that's right. We never did. We never did mention that. I don't. Well, think, you right? have been going Gaga for Beach Boys recently. You can thank Todd in the Shadows for that. Oh, and uh, one more little recommendation. I know. But uh, you guys saw in the group chat, me and Tony were going off on uh, about uh, yes about Tool, going nuts yep. about them. So yeah, yep. definitely check them out. Yep, they've got some really awesome music. Of course, Tool is amazing. Yeah. Oh, great recommendation. Um. All right, Mike. Do you have any final thoughts or any final um, recommendations? I think I'm good for now. Well, I'll. I'll probably come back next next time with some more recommendations. Okay. Oh, I have one more that I want to bring up real quick. So we're uh, talking about Twitch and stuff. Um, a couple of Twitch streamers that I really, really appreciate and like and and like to listen to um, just because they're one, one because he's very knowledgeable. Uh, Maximilian Dude is one of my favorites in terms of like fighting games. And he also played through Final Fantasy VII and stuff. And he's kind of my generation. So he he grew up in that era of like you know when i grew up um so his stuff is very interesting he's a very knowledgeable guy um so i always enjoyed watching his twitch streams and also my my friend cosplayer leah rose um who i will one day have on this podcast um i definitely want to mention her because she is very very awesome and i love her to death i love her to pieces and i just want her to um, be more successful on Twitch and just build that audience up because I know that she can. And uh, she's playing Final Fantasy VII Remake right now as Aerith. She cosplays as Aerith. And um, she's uh, just uh, one of my favorite people on this planet, so I want to give her a shout-out. Um, okay, guys, do you have anything, any last-minute ending um. thoughts? Jacob, did you want to mention something? Okay, I think now will be a good time to bring up the um, certain hotlines that we wanted to shine a light on. Yes, please do. All right. Um, so, of course, this was the mental health show. Our this is the our first um, foray into that um, field, and you know we're not all expert. None of us here are experts on how to deal with certain problems in your mind and in your heart so uh, but but there are people out there who can give you the help that you need so i just want to bring light to there's um just go online to no no sorry i'm just 
There's a suicide hotline, the National Suicide Hotline. It's 1-800-273-8255. That is 1-800-273-8255. If you're just struggling with, you know, just suicide is never an option. It should never be an option to anyone going through pain. It just spreads that pain to someone else, to everyone that you love. Um, it's it's something that does not go away easily. And um, you can also text ho- text hello to seven four one seven four one to the crisis text line. It is a twenty four hour service. It's there for any crisis. All from their secure online platform. It's it will help you move from a hot moment to a cool cool moment is what it is what they what they what they're known for. And or if you just want spiritual guidance, you know, if you have a certain faith, you know, there there are people who can give you um just the wisdom to keep moving forward. If a pa- if there's a pastor, a rabbi. Or an imam that you particularly follow, um, I encourage you talk to them as well. So just hang in there. You know, life's a bumpy road, but you'll get through it. You just have to go to the right people. So yeah, one more time that that hotline is one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five four. I'm sorry. I should be more prepared for this. Um, that's okay. that's the main hotline for for you to call. Yeah, as well. So yeah, consider giving that a call. Okay, and we'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, so yeah, this has been our mental health and emotional well being podcast. This is the first uh, our first time actually looking at these types of topics, and hopefully we will do it again. Um, let us know if you guys like it and um, the show notes for this, just to let everybody know is going to be, they're going to be short um, and they're going to be non, you know, like I'm not going to write much of anything because basically it's just going to be more about the show itself. So hopefully you guys have enjoyed this or at least gotten something from it, um, you know, and just realize that you're not alone and that everybody goes through dark times and that we all have to be there for each other. Um, before we end, I do want to say this, uh, because I was watching, like I said, I was watching the the wrestling show last night and they were talking about, um, two, uh, two stars in the wrestling world who had passed away. Um, one was the 39 year old Shad Gaspard. Um, he had died, uh, when he and his son had been swimming in the ocean and a riptide came and he saved his son, but he got uh, basically drowned in the ocean. So it was very sad yeah, to see. Um, yeah. The rock mentioned and, that uh, on his Facebook. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And everybody's been outpouring their support for him and his family and his memory. Um, and then um, there was one more, hold on one second. Let me just pull this up here. I believe her name was. Yeah. Hana Kimura. Um, who uh, is 22 years old and she was a, a professional wrestler in Japan and she uh, at, at 22 committed suicide. 
um, is what they, they say happened. Um, and, uh, the, it's allegedly because of, um, cyber bullying is what they're saying. Oh my God. And, uh, and so she was very young, uh, and she was on, um, a Netflix reality show, I believe. So yeah, uh, the wrestling world was was hit with a couple of of things as well this week. So it's been a very rough week for everybody. So I hope that I hope that this podcast has provided an outlet for for ourselves and also provided a uh, some modicum of comfort for anyone who's going through anything right now. Um, that was our, you know, it. Um, this was not a pity party. You know what I mean? Like this was us just being real and sharing ourselves with the audience and, and, um, and hopefully someone will emerge with something, um, taking away something good from this. So, you know, you know we're all here to support each other and we're all here to, to support you as well, our listeners and our community at uh, renegade pop culture. So, um, we love you guys. And, um, this one's for you, Eli, uh, wherever you are. Um, we hope that you see this and hear this somehow. And uh, you're in our hearts, even those of us who didn't know you, didn't have the pleasure of knowing you, um, and to your friends and family as well. So I'm just going to close out the show now, and I'll just say bye until next time. Um, next up should be Renegade Arcade and the Final Fantasy VII Remake spoiler special. So uh, something to look forward to. All right, guys. Peace. Bye. Bye. Later. Take care.